This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. And if you hear something different in my voice today, it is because we are back live in the studio and I'm with two of my very, very favorite people, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash, who make the show sound so great every week. So we are very, very excited to be taking your calls again live on air at 844-942-7866. So for the next hour, I am your personal career coach, Dr. Don Graham, and I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. And I could not be happier to be back in the studio with you and taking all of your job search questions, career questions, and we have a special guest to help us with that today. So also joining us, we have special guest Lauren McGoodwin, who is the CEO of Career Contessa. Lauren launched the business from her 2013 master's thesis project to close the gap in career development resources for women and now helps over 2 million people each year with their careers through content, online learning courses, and a popular podcast. So a fellow TED speaker, Lauren just released her first book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career of Purpose. And we're so excited that Lauren is here joining us today. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you for having me. So I'm excited. This is our first show that's been live in six months. We've we've been out of the studio <laughs> due to COVID. So it is an honor to be here with you, speaking with you and taking calls. Likewise. <laughs> yeah, so and I'm excited to talk about your book because it's so helpful right now in, in this situation. So I want to go ahead and give out the number one more time because I think people have, have gotten used to, to not hearing it because we've been pre-recording. So 844-942-7866. We are taking your calls all hour long on Dr. Dawn on Careers. We've certainly missed being here live, but if you've missed something, some of our episodes from the summer, we did put out all new content covering a lot of different things. We talked about the future of work, strategies to be a better ally, why you should consider a hybrid career, how to effectively start a new job during the pandemic, tips to reduce your college tuition, and of course, Dr. Dawn on Career celebrated our five-year anniversary in August, and we did a celebration show. So if you need to catch up, you can find all of these shows along with over 200 more episodes on iTunes. And if you subscribe to Dr. Dawn on Careers, you never have to miss a- another episode. Give us a call, 844-942-7866. We are here with Lauren McGoodwin, CEO of Career Contessa and author of the new book, Power Moves, all hour long. And we want to answer your job search and career questions. So, Lauren, I want to take a, a um, just a minute to to introduce you, but but really kind of dig into your background because I love the career journey that you've had. We talk a lot on the show about 
clarity coming through action. And as I was reading about your background and kind of getting to know your path, I noticed that that early in your career, you described a time when you volunteered for some extra roles at work. And this is what really helped you to get on the path you're on today. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about that journey and what helped you figure out your next steps? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I graduated during a recession. Uh, so I, I, my heart really goes out to everyone who recently graduated. Um, and I ended up eventually landing a job as an admin assistant and at a major university. Obviously, it wasn't my dream job. It wasn't what I had, you know, thought life was going to be post graduation. And so I became really. Obs- I had also a lot of free time. So I became very obsessed with what is it that I want to do and how can I kind of get out of this kind of dead end job and into a a career. And um, while I was, you know, trying to figure that out, I got a random assignment at work to do some recruiting and and recruiting for universities is very different than what we typically think of recruiting. Um, The goal at a university is they're trying to get people to transfer from uh, a two year, you know, community college into the four years. So it's very different, but they called it recruiting. And it was literally the best day at work I'd ever had. I really, really loved it. And so that really sparked my whole interest in like, okay, what is recruiting? What type of careers are in recruiting? And I spent the next nine months having informational interviews with people that I found and and reached out to via LinkedIn. I just so everyone knows, I reached out to more than 70 people and about 30 of them were willing to have conversations with me. So if you are thinking about having informational interviews and you get told no or ignored, don't worry. It's a numbers game. Just keep finding other people that you can reach out to. And throughout that nine months uh, of those informational interviews, I, I literally kept a notebook of everything I learned and it helped me not only learn a lot about recruiting as a career and, and, and also give me kind of hope because I was I was on cloud nine because I was like, now I know what I want to do. This is absolutely a career for me. But I was able to also narrow down what type of recruiter I wanted to be, what type of company I wanted to work for. And, you know, that was just, th- those weren't questions or things I even thought about, especially as a university student. I, I think especially when you are I mean, I was, I had never had like a full, full, full-time job like that before. And so I just kind of figured, okay, whatever job I get, it, it will be what it's going to be. But as you start working, you realize, no, 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 <laughs> uh, certain company cultures and, and types of companies and having an interest in what the company's doing um, can be huge. And that was actually how I ended up leveraging those informational interviews into um, a university recruiting role at Hulu. And that was my foot in the door to all things tech, startup, recruiting, et cetera. Um, and it, it was, it was very much one of those pivotal moments in your career where, you know, you, it, it took a completely different path. And, and it also really sparked my interest in the whole, you know, employment, branding, talent development, recruitment, how do people actually get jobs today? And that obsession has just kind of continued since then. And I want to pull out a couple of things, Lauren, because there's so many good nuggets in there. And I think one is you developed a plan A. We talk about that a lot, too, is that you really have to have a clear target. In order to get that clear target, you have to do a lot of research. So you reached out to 70 people on LinkedIn, had a number of informational interviews. You tried a job and you followed your professional energy. You said, wow, this feels good. This feels right. And you wouldn't have known that had you not tried 
inside it, which is something that I often encourage people to do because sometimes from the outside looking in, things can look phenomenal. But once you're in it, you think, oh, man, this is not at all what I thought it was. So I I love that that you kind of you walk the talk. And I think a lot of people think that career coaches are sitting here saying these things, but but not doing them. But I think I think, you know, we're all doing them even when we're not looking for a job. We're networking. We're doing informational interviews. We're learning from people. We're seeing what's out there, what's happening so that we can bring that back to our our coaching. So I think it's so important for people who are sitting here right now saying, okay, either my industry's been been totally decimated or I know I want to do something different, but I have no idea what that is, is to go out and try things. So maybe you mm-hmm. can volunteer. Maybe you can have a conversation with a few people in a certain industry or role that you're interested in. There's a number of things you can do, and I know we're all tempted to, to sit behind our computers and look at jobs online, but that's not going to get you to your answer no. because you can't feel that. And, and that's what I love about about your story. You have to feel it. Hey, 844-942-7866. Guess what? Dr. Dawn on Careers is live in the studio, Sirius XM channel 132. And in the first time in six months, we are taking your calls live all hour long. 844-942-7866. And we are going to go to the phones. We've got Randy from New York. Randy, welcome to the show. You are our first caller after six months. So congratulations on that honor. We're so happy to talk to you. waiting for the balloons to come from the ceiling. <laughs> you, they are here. Uh, congr- you just can't see them. You just can't see thank, them. But, but they're, they're here. Thank uh, you for being back on live. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Um, I just want to, you know, very briefly, I don't want to bore your listeners, So um, my first career lasted 20 years. Um, I decided to change careers. That was about 10 years, and while I was in there, that 10 years, I realized I made a big mistake. This this wasn't for me. There were components of it I liked, but, you know, part of it was assessing what I want and what I don't want. Um, I started to, you know, I decided I needed to work for myself. As I always tell people, if I'm going to work for an idiot, it might as well be me. So, (laughs) okay. um, I, I, look, I looked at, you know, what, what are my skill sets? You know, what, what am I good at? What do I want to do? And how do I want to, you know, I, I could have taken a career path that would have put me on the road. But I had started late. I had little kids. I wasn't going to do that. So I looked at my skill set. I knew where I wanted to go. I still had that job as the safety. So that's when I started the research. I, you know, I knew where I was going to go with this. I looked at tons of websites within that industry, what I liked, what I didn't. I had friends of mine calling people to find out their price points. So I would be competitive, but I wouldn't undersell myself or be out of the market. I started doing it slowly part-time. And then once I was confident that I could just go out and do this full time. I quit that second job, and and ever since then, it's it's been a rocket. I mean, it's it's exploded. It's been amazing. And part of that is really just following what I know I'm good at and what I do well, looking for that avenue, and and taking the the leap. And it wasn't much of a leap because again, I had that second career, but immediately I saw this was going to take off. So that's that's how I I got out there and, you know, 
and well, now I have a new career for years now. Yeah, and Randy, I want to I want to tag into a couple of things. It is really difficult after twenty years in something to start something new, even if you're you're in a in an environment, you're bored, and you you don't like it. There's so many messages in our head that convince us that that's not a good idea. And and Lauren, your book talks a lot about these messages in your head when when you're trying to make this. What are some of those that come up for people? Oh, I think that the internal dialogue and the narratives that people subscribe to are probably more powerful than actually sitting down and figuring out, you know, how to set up the website, how to get your payroll or your, you know, your QuickBooks or your financing, whatever it is for the business. And um, I I think there are a ton of thoughts, everything from uh, the fear, you know, fear around, um, can I do this? What will happen if I fail? And also analysis paralysis, where they also just never ever make the decision right they stay in this limbo land talking about it forever and ever but they never get to a place where they either say i'm committed to trying this or i'm not and to 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 your point randy like you know there is obviously more risk involved sometimes like when when i started a company i didn't have kids i didn't have a mortgage or anything like that and so yes there are times in your life where it is a little easier and there are maybe less fears, just sort of the <laughs> ignorance is bliss. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but I, I think what I've noticed, at least in the work I've done, is that the internal dialogues and the narratives that people subscribe to about themselves and about why they can or cannot do something are 10 times more powerful than just sitting down and actually doing the work. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And Randy, that's why I say you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You did it the right way. You you took small steps to, to mitigate yeah. the risk, but it's still a big risk that a lot of people, as Lauren mentioned, dream about and think about. And even, you know, they go online, they design business cards and, and, and you know, all of those kind of peripheral things, but never take that full step because it's scary. So I think your story is inspiring. I think you need to give yourself a little bit more credit because what you've done okay. is something that I know a lot of people are thinking about right now, Randy, and they're, they're wondering how to take that first step. So if you had to give them some advice, Randy, from your experience, one piece of advice for those who are at that ledge ready to to take that next step what what was it for you that helped you take that that leap well i i think it's two things one is you know you you, the fear of failure everybody's gonna fail at something but you you can't succeed until you fail so okay so you you try you stumble you take two steps back to take three steps forward but I think the other thing, which is great about the age we're in now, is that there are so many tutorials on every possible subject online that beyond business cards and websites, if it's you want to know about an industry, a market, how to make videos to put them on websites to market yourself, I mean, it's all there, and it's for free. I can't count the amount of hours I've spent online just watching tutorials, reading blogs, listening to people like you. There's, you know, there's so much, there's so much free resources, so many free resources that I think people need to just do it. And if they are on that precipice where they're like, should I just get out of your own head and take the leap? What's the worst that happens? You fall down, you go, all right, that didn't work. Let me try another door, so to speak. 
Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And I I often tell people to think about five years from now, 10 years from now, are you going to be regretting that you didn't take that step? Because sometimes it is better to try it and find out that it wasn't what you thought it was or it didn't work out than to be wondering five years down the road, what if? That can be devastating. So There's a very famous um, Dear Abby for many, many years ago. There, somebody wrote and said, Dear Abby, I'm 40 years old. I want to go to medical school, but that means I won't be a doctor until I'm 50. And her response was, how old will you be in 10 years if you don't go to medical school? Love it. Love it. I'm a big fan of Dear Abby. Dear Abby, I love that. I love I love advice columns. I need to get myself one of those. I need to be in a, in a publication doing a weekly advice column because they're so addictive. Um, thank you so much, Randy. Congratulations you. on your success. Uh, we really appreciate it. And those balloons are falling. You are our first <laughs> official caller after six months here on Series 6 on 132. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, we well. hope to hear from you again. And again, congratulations. Hey, if you're just tuning in, Guess what? We are back. We are live. We are taking your calls right now at 844-942-7866. I'm going to say that a lot because some of you may have forgotten the number. I wrote it down because I thought I maybe forgotten the number. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you've got a job search question, maybe you're not sure what you want to do. Maybe you've been impacted by the pandemic. Maybe your industry is shrinking or maybe you're out there and you're recruiting people into your industry and you want to do a shout out so that people know where they should be looking for their next job we want to hear from all of you maybe you've got a great story like randy and you can inspire someone today any and all of that call us on dr dawn on careers 844-942-7866 i'm your host dr dawn graham we are here with Lauren McGoodwin, who is the CEO of Career Contessa and also author of the new book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career of Purpose. So you definitely want to check that out. So, so Lauren, we're talking a little bit about limiting beliefs that we convince ourselves are true. So we started that conversation a little bit with Randy, but, but what are some of those things you're seeing right now in the market that are, are holding people back? Yeah, I I call these your career traps, and they're the common ones that people can fall into, the the notorious career traps. Uh, We talked about analysis paralysis. That's a big one for sure. Um, Another one that I see, especially right now, is uh, comparing and despairing. So that's actually an actual term that a researcher came up with, but um, it's one of the biggest career traps, especially for overachievers, and it's the cycle of comparison that takes today, especially with this social media focused world. Um, so while you might, you know, kick butt on the daily, you also have your down days and some comparison between peers um, can be healthy and motivating and, and feeling like, you know, okay, maybe it's the kick in the pants that you need it to kind of, okay, push forward with that project. But when you have too much of that um, and you start comparing yourself, it can lead to imposter syndrome where you feel like nothing you do is good enough and um, that, you know, you're not actually as great. And then that can hold, that also starts to lead into um, affecting your confidence. And as you know, Don, like confidence is a huge part of a lot of career things, especially when it comes to job searching or when it comes to that promotion or making uh, that big presentation to your boss and things like that, advocating for what you need. And so we're not trying to <laughs> decrease the confidence that we, that we have. Um, 
so yeah, the comparison is, is a big one. Um, the other one I see, and this might even um, be kind of on the uptick because of the virus, but um, busyness as a badge of honor. So, you know, somewhere along the way, the idea of just being busy equals being productive and actually getting things done. But as you and I both know, that's not necessarily the case. It's not about doing more and not actually getting anywhere. It's about really being able to prioritize, okay, what are the most important things that I need to be focused on in my career? Um, for my book, I actually interviewed this woman who, she was a, a, an accountant and she wanted to get summers off uh, to spend time with her daughters. And, you know, accountants are not notoriously known for being really flexible with time like that. But long story short, she was able to advocate for it. But she also wanted to make sure that she continued to advance her career. And one of the things she said that she did consistently is she would always talk to her boss about what are the three most important priorities? What are the three most important things? And she would always prioritize her time to make sure that they were focused on those three things. So instead of trying to do everything and anything and kind of, you know, being able to have this this badge of honor of like, I'm so busy, you know, I'm always doing all these things. Um, she said, I didn't focus on that. I focused on those three things. And maybe that, you know, made me, quote, unquote, less busy, but also allowed me to have summers off with my daughters without um, without losing the career growth. And by the way, she eventually became a partner, and now she's the CFO of one of the largest banks in Texas. So it clearly did not impact her career growth. So those are two career traps that I see a lot <laughs> with people um, that they're just they, – you know, it's called a trap for a reason. You, you fall into it, and they're they're notorious because so many of us, even when you know they exist, you can get um, caught up in them. It's so true, Lauren. It's so true. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Do you have a career trap that you're falling into? Think about it. I think we all do from time to time feel that that yeah. imposter syndrome, especially if you're looking to find a new job or maybe you're looking to switch careers. Guess what? The brain is a big old jerk and it will convince you that you're not good enough and it will convince you that this is silly. And here's the deal. It's just trying to protect you because the brain has a mechanism that wants to keep you safe. But unfortunately, that safety can sometimes get in the way of what you really want to do. So you have to step back and assess, is this really true or is this fear coming through in a way that I can write it down and then do some work around mitigating that? So let's talk about that, Lauren. Hey, 844-942-7866, if you would like Lauren to help you with your career trap and give you some power moves to get behind that or, or over it, I guess. Um Let's talk about that piece of it, Lauren. So you have maybe you discover that you have imposter syndrome, and I'll I'll be I'll share this with with people. This is not like this is not a one time deal. Every time you try no. something new, <laughs> every time you you take a risk, you're gonna feel this because your yeah. brain is basically saying, "Okay, you got to be alert. You're doing something new. We're not really sure how we're gonna handle this," um, which is which is a normal reaction. But it's what you do next that's most right. important. So what is well, that, Lauren? And I re- well, I recently learned, too, you guys are going to hate this, that we're actually our brains are high- hardwired to go to the negative first. So it prefers the negative over the positive. So if you feel like, you know, you're always kind of down on yourself, it, there's a reason that you, it, it, your brain literally starts there. And just so you know, um, so what you said, Dawn, is like you're absolutely not alone in experiencing imposter syndrome and the fact that 
Um, it will be a work in progress. Um, I remember when I was researching this, it was like Albert Einstein has, has experienced imposter syndrome. Meryl Streep, even Michelle Obama, who once told BBC no- News, I have imposter syndrome and I don't know if it ever goes away. So <laughs> it, it doesn't. Um, we'll pop that bubble right now. But some of the things that you can do is first admit that it's going to be a lifelong process. Um, I think another thing that is really important is the way you speak to yourself. So make sure that you are really um, paying attention to the self-talk and the narrative that you tell yourself. Um, I'm a big fan of you can create a career mantra that maybe you repeat or you write down and have in front of you. Um, You know, one of the things I love to say out loud whenever I'm kind of feeling that imposter syndrome pop up is, I deserve to be exactly where I am at this moment. Here's why. And the here's why is when I come up with the proof or the evidence, um, the facts to back up why I am where I am. So that can also help too because, you know, sometimes with your brain, it's, it's just that you need to trick it back into understanding, nope, I'm here because of all these reasons and here's the evidence and the proof. And um, you could even do what I call an evidence explosion where you create as much evidence about, um, you know, celebrating your wins, your accomplishments, because most of us are not doing that. Most of us maybe hit a goal and then we move on to the next thing. So that is something that I think is really important is come up with some sort of career mantra that you say out loud um, end it with here's why, and then provide some facts and some evidence to back that up. I think being able to tangibly see it will really help. It's not something that a lot of people do. We might talk about it, but actually going through this action is really, really important. Um, the next thing I think that's really helpful when it comes to um, overcoming imposter syndrome is to redefine success on your terms. So focusing on your own vision of success, not on the vision of success that other people have told you, right? So that goes back to that comparison. So stop comparing yourself to other people's visions of success. Uh, success, especially as they're portraying on social media. Remember, that's just a highlight reel. So I, instead, I want you to think about how do you define success? Um, one of the ways that can help, because I know that's kind of a loaded question, is to focus on how you want it to make you feel, not how you want it to make you appear. That can also help a lot with imposter syndrome and overcoming it. Um, yeah, like that feel versus appear. That's a distinct difference. I yeah, love that. Absolutely. Yeah, some questions might be, do you want it to make you feel proud? Um, And then you can answer, okay, what have I done recently that's made me feel proud? So you can kind of see there's a direct correlation between asking yourself some questions and then actually backing it up with some real specific examples. Um, I I think that helps a lot. The other thing I'm a huge fan of to help you with all this is to keep a work journal. So a work journal is something that you can use at the end of every day, at the end of every week. But basically the idea is for you to be keeping track of your wins and celebrating your wins at work, but also the areas that maybe you you want to improve or maybe the interpersonal challenges that you had that week. And what happens is over time, you start to keep a record of all this. You can start to see patterns, um, but also you start to embrace progress over perfection because you're literally celebrating the progress you've made every single week. Um, I think this is one of those habits where maybe people will do it for a day or two, but if you consistently keep a work journal and you keep track of your, your, your wins and your needs to improve, your interpersonal challenges, and you, you really start to rewire your brain to celebrate progress over this, you know, quote unquote myth of perfection that you're striving for, that can also help a lot with imposter syndrome because as you said, 
imposter syndrome doesn't go away. We're just trying to ride the ebbs and flows a little bit better. You know, I always joke that, you know, it's, it's like surfing. No wave lasts forever. The goal is to just get up on the board a little bit faster and ride the wave a little bit longer. That's kind of the idea with imposter syndrome and confidence. You're not going to make it go away. Your confidence, that boost of confidence you get from seeing all your wins won't last forever. But this is how you train your brain to go with those ebbs and flows a little bit better, you know, moving forward. Yep. It's creating a new habit, Lauren, which is why Mm -hmm. I love the journaling idea. And I love the mantra idea, too. I will tell you my mantra when I'm kind of on that ledge thinking, should I do this? Should I don't? Should I not do this? Is what's going to happen if I don't do it? And the answer is always nothing. So if I want nothing to happen, then I do nothing. So I always use that to push myself to do it. And like you mentioned earlier, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But the world doesn't end when when you, you take that leap and it doesn't work out. Hey, 844-942-7866. Bet you haven't heard that in a while because we have not been live in quite some time here on Dr. Dawn on Careers, but we are back. We are in the studio. I'm excited to be with Dana and Dion taking your calls all hour at 844-942-7866. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. And if you haven't checked out my book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, you might want to pick up a copy. It's in Kindle, Audible, and hard copy because it can help you land your next job, whether it's a traditional job search or a major switch, which is what a lot of people are doing right now. 844-942-7866. Give us a call. We're here with Lauren Goodwin, who is the CEO of Career Contessa and the author of the new book, Power Moves, which is something you'll definitely want to pick up this you can pick it up right now, right? It's available at Amazon, yeah. Lauren. Perfect. You want yeah, to pick it's it up? It's available at- wherever books are sold. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So give us a call, 844-942-7866. And we are going to go to the phones again with Linda in Michigan. Linda, welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers. This is our first show back. We're excited to be speaking with you. I'm excited to be speaking with you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I wasn't sure I'd get on. So I was like, wow. Well, we're excited you did. Yes. I have a question. Uh, Practicing physician for 20 years, uh, 20 plus years, um, and I've always dabbled in or tried to launch something to help with uh, medicine and just kind of give back, but with a purpose, especially with the COVID and seeing in Michigan so many people with diabetes died who had that pre-existing illness. So I've tried a couple of things to try and have some impact, some social impact. Uh, Not been too successful. So my next step, I'm thinking I'd like to get into a startup company to understand how that works. That has some emphasis in medicine or medical related. And I've looked online trying to find startup companies. I'm just not sure where to go in finding a startup company that maybe I could work with. So, yeah, so great question, and I think a lot of people are in your shoes right now. So you're looking to maybe move into a startup, but let's back up for a second, Linda. What What is the value you offer to this market? What What is the, you know, the, the problem you're trying to solve in the market? So the value is my knowledge of having dealt with the um, – population for 20-something years treating patients with diabetes 
and hypertension. Uh, also, my ability to speak and to present uh, topics and to teach. I'm really good at teaching residents and uh, speaking in front of large companies or large audiences, I should say. It's one of my strengths. Um, so value. Uh, problems I've had as I've tried to go on Instagram is finding uh, what makes people want to do better with their health. That's been a, lot, a hard issue for me is I understand you need to eat right and exercise, but physicians have been saying that for hundreds of years, or not hundreds, and motivating people to do that is my challenge. So I think with a group and with a startup, I would learn how to find that situation, that environment, which encourages people to do the right thing. So, Lauren, as you're listening to Linda, what what are your thoughts around um, giving Linda some advice on her next steps? Yeah, I mean, my initial thought is, oh, we just need to find you some places for you to look for these companies, but then uh, these, you know, more startup healthcare, health-related companies. Um, because you're you're right, not all job boards are the best when it comes to finding these startup jobs. But then as you were speaking more, I was thinking, you know, maybe it would actually be a good idea for you to have some informational interviews with people first who are working at these companies, because it sounds to me like you're trying to understand almost like the marketing. How do these startups that are have some sort of healthcare product or service or whatnot, how are they marketing or how are they getting in front of people, which, um, you know, those are a little bit different versus going and working at a startup, working and, and I you know, my experience with working at a startup was similar where, you know, because of I worked at a startup, it really helped me be able to start my own company. But I will say um, working at a startup is a little bit different than it's very growth oriented. You're running around like a chicken with your head cut off because there's so much urgency with all the things that you're trying to do so quickly. Um, so it's a little bit different than just trying to understand, okay, how are how are, how are the marketing or what's the marketing behind how these companies are getting their product or service in front of other people and then getting them to actually sign up or do the thing? And I'll, 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 I agree with you. There's, you know, motivating people and changing their behavior is incredibly challenging. Um, every startup would love to have the, you know, magic bullet that is like, oh, we've figured out how to make people do that. Um, as you know, that just doesn't happen with human behavior, but they're always constantly trying the what are the methods. But maybe I'm misunderstanding, but I'm kind of le- now leading a little bit more toward um, maybe having some informational interviews with people who are within the marketing of these type of companies, first identifying the companies, uh, and then having some informational interviews with the people who are on the marketing side of that, which is a little bit different than the actual skill set that you bring to go and work at that company versus what you, you want to learn. Yeah, I mean, I think you can always gain value from talking to people and doing informational interviews. And I agree with you, Lauren. You should be doing them all the time, regardless of whether you're in a job search. Here's what I'm going to say, Linda. You've got a very, very narrow target, which I love. I think that's so important. And you've also got a great window because, as you've mentioned, the pandemic has certainly opened people's eyes to the importance of healthcare and the you know how pre-existing conditions can lead to negative effects and so so you've got a great 
platform right now, what I would suggest you do is get very heavily involved in in maybe industries or nonprofits or groups on LinkedIn or or associations who are doing this work in in diabetes where you have this expertise because you're going to meet a lot of like-minded people not all at startups maybe some are at startups maybe some are in you know work in pharma maybe some work in hospitals maybe some work at nonprofits but I think there are a lot of opportunities in this space that are growing and startups can be tricky but one of of the things if you are interested in working with a startup that I can see as a great role for you is a lot of startups look for advisors and depending yeah. on whether you're an advisor uh, to the, the startup or more of a consultant on a topic you'll either get paid hourly or you might get paid in equity but I think this is a great way for you to get involved because they will you know especially if they're they're maybe creating a technology around diabetes or something they will very much value the insight you bring from the medical industry so I think that's something that you could do right now you could do that with multiple companies and I also think getting involved in that industry writing about it on LinkedIn getting involved in groups actively involved in groups on LinkedIn meeting people People who are passionate about this same topic as you and gaining momentum in those groups are, are what's going to lead to your next opportunities. So I think that's that's kind of if you're looking at the runway ahead of you, those are the steps. And guess what? It's not going to be immediate. And this is what I think a lot of people want. They want to go online. They want to see the perfect job. They want to apply and they want to be in it two weeks from now. That is a rare phenomenon. So what I would do is look at immersing yourself in this world through these these different platforms I've mentioned. And I think this goes back to the point we were talking about before. Clarity comes through action. Once you're immersed in this world, you are going to have a different perspective. You're going to be able to look up and see all these opportunities that you didn't see because you weren't immersed in the world. So that I believe, Linda, is your next step. And you talk about training and loving the the speaking about this. You know, transfer that into writing. Do LinkedIn lives. Get people yeah. energized and excited about the topic. And and this will draw people to you who are energetic and excited about the topic. So that's that's one of the things. You're on Instagram. Great, do it on Instagram too. Perfect opportunity. So Linda, we wish you all the best. We thank you for calling. We're so excited that you called on our first show back after six months here on Dr. Dawn on Careers, and we wish you all the best and hope you'll give us a call back and let us know how things are going. Hey, 844-942-7866. Guess what? We are live, and I think you can tell how excited I am, but... We haven't even gotten to the best part yet, which is we have not done a pre-break quiz, Dion, in six months. I'm ready. I know. I know. Actually, we did one for our anniversary show. We did two, and you've got you got them both right. So I, I, you know, go for go for the trifecta, Dion. I'm on a roll. I know. All right, here we go. It's time for our pre-break quiz. Ah. There's a quiz? I miss that sting. I do. Okay. Many people decided to take extended road trips this summer in light of the pandemic creating barriers to travel, and Airbnb was a popular destination of choice for the amenities offered. So while entering search criteria to find an Airbnb, a pool was the most popular amenity in the search criteria. What was the second most popular 
search criteria when looking for an Airbnb for the summer. Hey, you think you know? 844-942-7866. We'd love to hear your answers or if you've got a question or comment. We are back live in the studio taking your questions on Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM Channel 132. Hey, I am so excited to share with you our phone number, 844-942-7866, because we are back live in the studio after six months taking your calls on any and all job search questions, career questions. So if you've been impacted by the pandemic, thinking about a new career, maybe you've been applying and not getting any hits, maybe you've gone on a few interviews, but it's not gone any further, call us. We are your personal career coach here all hour, and we are live right now at 844-942-7866, and we will be live every Thursday at noon on Dr. Dawn on Careers. So tee up your questions and give us a call. And hey, if you are looking for a new career, you might be interested in research done by the Coding Dojo, which found that the top five languages are C, C++, Python, Java, JavaScript, and Go. And interestingly, there has been a resurgence in in JavaScript indicating that employers are looking for more front-end developers as they update their website. So good information to know if you're thinking about reskilling. And as Randy, one of our callers earlier uh, mentioned, there are a lot of free programs and online courses that you can take. So check those out and give us a call if we can help you to shape your next step on Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. And we are very excited to have Lauren McGoodwin here, who is the CEO of Career Contessa and the author of the new book, Power Moves, How Women Can Pivot, Reboot, and Build a Career of Purpose. And Lauren, where can people get your book and find out more about you? Yeah, so my book is available really wherever books are sold, but you can also go to Power Moves book.com and learn tons of more information. We even have a whole discussion guide. So one of the things I think is great that people are doing right now during the pandemic is they're buying the career, you know, power moves, a career book, and then having a book club with um, their friends. And we even have a book club discussion guide that you can download for free. So powermovesbook.com and then you can get all of that in one place. Awesome. And I want to talk, I want to ask you about the salary project, because that's something that you've developed as well that I think a lot of people might be interested in. But before even we get to that, people have been asking, uh, are are you still getting raises? And can you still negotiate in a pandemic? So what are your thoughts on that, Lauren? Yeah, it's so funny, because initially, I think when the pandemic first hit, you know, the March, April, even maybe May, I was like, look, I would be really hesitant unless, you know, you're working at Zoom, basically, and your company just took off, right? Um, And now we're actually hearing from a lot of listeners that, um, you know, they do want to ask for raises, they are, their companies are in a much better position. So I think, you know, just to kind of point out the timeline of 
uh, March, April, May is very different from now. I actually do think it's appropriate to ask for a raise with a lot of context around know your company, know your manager, know your role. So, you know, timing is everything. And maybe your company only does raises, you know, once a year in January. Well, now is a good time to start planting the seeds for the raise that you want in January. Um, You know, for example, um, if your company kind of does raises whenever they feel like it and you feel like, hey, I've taken on a lot of extra responsibility, now is a great time to do it. We even have a, a free script that you can use to help prepare to ask for your raise. Then I would say, hey, if you've if you've really thought about your your, your company, your overall industry, um, your role, and you feel confident in asking for a raise, then you can absolutely start preparing for it. So I don't think that there is a um, at least not anymore a, a general rule of like just don't ask for a raise right now. I just think that the context is so important and. That's always hard, as you know, Don, for us to answer because only you know your company, your manager, your industry super well, you know. Um, so can you give but, us a 30-second overview of the, the salary project? Because I think that would be a helpful part of this process. Oh, yeah. yeah, so the salary project is a free anonymous salary database. So what you do is you fill out um, a quick survey, about 10 questions, um, and then we will actually show you how your salary compares to everybody else in that salary database. If you fill out another quick survey, it's like another 10 questions, we will give you access to all of the salary data space, which or salary data, which is unlike any other salary tool out there because what they do is they just compare your salary. They don't actually show you the real numbers. So think of like getting access to a massive Excel sheet that you can filter with just all the salary data information, including um, people's job titles, their job function, their industry, um, their age, where where they live, their ethnicity, so you can out, you get more details than than just hey, this is how much Don makes for this job title. So give us the website for that. I'm sure people will be interested in in accessing it. Yeah, so if you go to careercontessa.com, you'll see it up in the top navigation, and you just click on Salary Project, and it will take you right there to start filling out that survey. Totally free, takes less than 10 minutes. You get access to over 60,000-plus salary database uh, points. Fantastic. Hey, 844-942-7866, SiriusXM132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're going to go to Debbie in Kentucky. Welcome to the show, Debbie. What's on your mind? Hi, thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm going to try to hurry up because it's a humdinger, I think, anyway. <laughs> I love uh, it. I <laughs> and how are you first? That's the first thing I want to ask. You know, Debbie, you? thank you for asking. I am fantastic, and I am so happy to be back in the studio. So I'm very, very happy you called today. Thank you so much for taking my call. So this is what happened to me. Um, I got a job off Indeed. And I was one of the few that was hired uh, within a couple of weeks. So when I got on the job, uh, the job I felt like was not a good fit. Uh, So this, the name of the company is Amazon. So then that the the company that um, hired me was a contractor. So that particular contractor, the hours were too late in the day for delivery. So then I left them, and then I started to look for other route-driving jobs. Uh, a lot of contractors work, you know, contacted me through Indeed. Uh, so when I began to apply, there was this big uh, pause. My background checks wasn't coming back. Um, then when I called the background uh, check people, they said everything's on pause. 
And then I began to uh, follow up with the contractors to find out what's the holdup on my background check. Uh, they told me that it was because of the courthouses. But then I kept contacting them, and they said that other people have been hired, but yours is not hiring. We're not, we can't get your background check back. This is the first time I've ever had any problems getting my background check. I'm trying to go fast. But I feel like that since I left that job without notice, I, I quit the same night. I didn't go back the next day, and I talked to somebody. And I've been trying to find out how they uh, outboarded me because I feel like they put something Got it. Um, Got it. Yeah. Negative. And yeah. I want to know, how do I find out what they put there? Yeah. So so here's the easiest way, and um, you may not feel comfortable, but I think it's important for anybody who is exiting a job, whether it's, it's your choice or their choice, to ask what they are going to communicate should you need a referral or a lot of companies, Debbie, have a, a checkbox where they say, yes, we would hire this person again or no, we won't. And they give that information out. So I think the easiest thing is if you can call your HR department and just ask. I mean, just ask the question, what are you legally able to give out just so that I know? And I, I think that might be the clearest answer you're going to get. It's it's possible that there is something in there that's, that's been a problem. It's I, I want to say it's unlikely. I think there might be, you know, something going on with the systems and things like that. But I do think if you call and you ask, you might be able to clear up very quickly that it is or it isn't your company. And then you can move on and um, find out what the, the culprit might be next, because I know this is definitely hindering your ability to to get your next role. So I think just doing the direct outreach is going to be your best bet, Debbie. So good luck with that. We definitely wish you all the best. That is completely frustrating. And um, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And here's the deal. Companies do have legal obligations not to say negative things. So finding what that is in your state or your local area can be really helpful. All right. So Maria in Georgia, we just have about a minute left. So we're going to have to do speed round on this. How can we help you today? Well, I'll be very brief. Thank you for taking my call. I is saying that I was offered a new position today. I'm currently on a job. Uh, the position that I was offered was going to be paying me more money than I've ever made pretty much. But the job that I'm on now, I have some serious commitments to this job. Uh, I have an upcoming project that I'm working on currently, and is, uh, I have to reveal this project in the next, uh, in the first of the year. And, and I'm just really torn. Should I take the new job or should I stay on and finish out my commitment? The new job is only um, an eight-month contract that could turn into something full-time, a, a, a permanent full-time. Uh, but the, the pay that is is what's really capturing my attention. Okay, so here's the thing. You have to weigh a couple of things. I'm going to go through this really quickly. So, of course, burning bridges is not a positive, but you're looking at this as an either-or. Either I burn a bridge or I um, stay and miss out on this opportunity. And what I'm going to encourage you to do, Maria, is find the middle ground. So find that that gray area because you might be able to do both somehow. And I, I don't know enough about it to, to be specific, but you may be able to partner with somebody um, on your current team 
team and your current company to fulfill that commitment. Or you might be able to uh, create a situation where your your new employer can wait a month. And you know, because it's an eight month contract, I'm going to assume that's that's not an option. But if it is an eight month contract, you have to think to yourself, what is the likelihood of building relationships and building new skills that is going to put me in a better place in eight months? Because it is tough. It's a tough situation to be in. And, in, you know, you have to kind of look at the pros and cons of both situations. And you're not going to feel comfortable with 100% with either one. There's going to be something that is going to, um, you know, in your mind, you wish it would have been different. But it's not. This is the reality of the situation. So look at both sides of it. See if there's a middle ground. Um, maybe you have a trusted coworker you can talk to about other options for getting this commitment done. Or maybe there's a way that you can balance both. But at the end of the day, here's what I would say. You know, uh, job security comes from within. It comes from your network. It comes from your brand. And those things are going to be important. So, th- so don't forget that piece of it. Money is important as well, but it's not everything. And so don't look at this as a short-term decision. Look at it as a long-term decision. Maria, we wish you all, all the best. Congratulations on your opportunity. I think that's fantastic. To, to It's a good situation to be in, even though it doesn't feel like that right now. And we are so happy you called us on Dr. Dawn on Careers. Hey, um, we have got to wrap up now, so we don't have time to answer our pre-break quiz, but maybe we will answer it on Twitter, or maybe we'll answer it next week. I'm not sure. You'll have to follow me at Dr. Dawn Graham, but I do want to thank Lauren McGoodwin from uh, Career Contessa with her new book, Power Moves for being an awesome guest and our first guest back after six months. We have loved having you here and do check out her salary project, her website, and her book Power Moves. And of course, a big thank you to Dana and Dion for making this happen. It is so amazing to be back in the studio with you. And of course, to all of our callers and listeners, if we didn't get to your call this week, please know we are back every Thursday live at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Sirius XM channel 132. We'll see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.